If you only had one minute to give artists the best music marketing advice you possibly could, what would you tell them? Well, okay. So I would tell them that a lot of people underestimate what they can do in 10 years, but they overestimate what they can do in a year. So kind of just start the process. Don't be afraid to mess up. Just try everything and everything that you see out there and see what works and just throw stuff at the wall. Uh, I think a lot of people get scared to make that first initial jump, but once they get the ball rolling, you'll see a couple wins and those small wins get you motivated to keep going and just keep uh, pushing through because you're always going to have the struggle in the beginning, just figuring out things when you don't really know what to do. Um, but as long as you see the goal in front of you and make those baby steps, I think a lot of people can achieve more than they believe they can. Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually a really good quote. I've heard it before. It's like you underestimate what you can do in 10 years, but overestimate what you can do in one did I get it backwards? Yeah, I think I think I heard it from. Uh, if you know who Alex Ramosi is, yeah, yeah, of course. He's like a, he's like a business entrepreneur. So like I heard, I think I had watched one of his interviews. That's what he was talking about. But that kind of really that really resonated with me because if you think about it, not even just music, but just in life in general, with any goal setting kind of entrepreneurial activity, yeah. it's always like that initial step that takes the longest to like do. But then after that, it kind of just like snowball effects. So if you can get if you can speed up that initial process, then it kind of just you know, becomes easier. For sure. And so you're here today for a couple of reasons. But one is that you have 300,000 monthly listeners in Spotify. And a lot of artists would love to have 300,000 monthly listeners in Spotify. So and, and on top of that, you've done it in about two years, at least from your Spotify releases. Um, I think your first release was in yeah. 2021. And it's 2023. Um, so that's like astronomically fast to go from nothing to 300,000 followers or sorry, 300,000 monthly listeners. Um, so I think it'd be cool to kind of walk through the journey of, you know, when did you start making, well, not like whole life story from kindergarten or anything, but like when did you start yeah, yeah, making yeah. music, taking it seriously and marketing it? Yeah, I can go through that. So I actually never thought that I was going to get anything in the music industry, make music or anything. I never thought I was musically inclined, to be honest, that much. It was kind of a, uh, during the pandemic, uh, during the quarantine, I was bored. So I just started making like videos in my car, like making remixes and covers of songs. I uh, started uploading them to Instagram. They started to do well, people started to like them. So that kind of motivated me, like, okay, let me just keep doing this and see what comes of it, right? So I did that for a while and then started to release my own music. And once I did that, it kind of just snowball effect and I kept, you know, learning more. But I did have a little bit of a background in the music music in general because i'm a classically trained violinist played the violin for 12 years so that's kind of like i think where i got a lot of my like uh like pitch and like just knowing what sounds right and just that kind of musical inclination um but other than that never thought i could sing kind of just figured out that i could sing after trying it but um i, I think a lot of people would be surprised what they can do if they just you know try it so yeah yeah for sure i mean singing is hard but it's, it really depends what kind of music you're doing also. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a big difference yeah. between being like a, like an Ed Sheeran singer and then a, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of another example. I mean, I was going to say T-Pain, but like he's actually a phenomenal singer, even though he uses he Oh, he's an amazing he's singer. Auto-tune. But, yeah. but you, you have a really good voice, so it's kind of surprising you've been doing it for only three years. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really think that anybody, like I think 100% of people can become a decent singer. And I think that, like, you know, talent that some people are born with, they can take into, like, average, decent to, like, really good. But I think with some training and just, like, learning pitch and just trying to, like, practice your vocal exercises, whatever you might do, 
I think anybody can become a decent singer given the time. Yeah. It's just how much time you want to put into it. So when did you start, like when you first started releasing music, what was your first attempt yeah. into trying to get people to listen to it? Uh, in the beginning, it was just tell my friends, tell my family. I didn't really know what I was doing, right? So I just, um, in the beginning, I I literally didn't know what equipment to get. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what mixing and mastering was. I didn't know anything about, like, audio files or anything. So I was using, like, Audacity to record. I was recording in my iPhone. I, uh, like, I, I was just doing, like, whatever, like, I knew at the time, right? Yeah. So I was, I was doing, like, a, I was recording in one take the whole song. Didn't even know I could, like, break it up in a take. So I would just record the whole, like, song in one take and then just take the best one. Then I would upload it. No mixing mastering because I didn't know what that was. So after the first couple of releases and learning that, okay, people actually have a production element to this, like they put effort into this side. Then I like um, started to learn more about that and then team up with like a producer to like teach me a little bit about that. Um, then I upgraded my mic to get like a snowball mic a little bit better. And then after a couple of releases, then I really started to get like curious about it. And um, actually one of my good friends in, uh, oh, I, I should mention that I'm actually a student in uh, Student Institute in New York. Uh, technically New Jersey, I just say New York because it's easier for people to understand. But um, so I go to school out here. I'm graduating this year. But um, I have a friend out here that I met about two and a half years ago that she's mixing, mastering, amazing production, so gifted, so talented. And that, her name is Natalie, Natalie Shamoon. She's also an artist. Uh, she goes by the artist name Natalie. Mm. Um, she's from uh, New York. So she owns a studio out here. So uh, I record there and I mix, master, and get my production done there. So that's what I've been doing for like, I would say a solid like year, year and a half, um, yeah. which is the music that I'm most proud of now and is doing the best. So, yeah. Yeah. And so what, when the, so you started off trying to get friends and family to hear it. When did you yeah. transition to like trying to get strangers to hear it? Like what, what were the, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what were the things you tried? Yeah. What were the things that failed and what were the things that worked well? One of the very first things that I tried was actually just searching up, like how do I promote my music? Right. And, you were one of the first people that actually came up. So <laughs> in the beginning, I was watching. I I like I remember. I vividly remember like taking like once I found your videos. It was like a whole weekend of like binging every single video you had put out to that point. Like I like literally every single video. So I watched every single video, and then I came across your course, took your course, and on Facebook ads, right? So at that point, I didn't know you could even like market on Facebook ads. Like uh, I was probably eighteen years old at the time. Um, I'm twenty one now, but so I was like three years ago. But um, so I had uh, I went through a course on Facebook ads, taught myself how to do a little bit of that and tried to run a couple, utterly failed, like <laughs> everything was horrible. Did, I didn't know why these things were working. But once I eventually had my first campaign that was giving like decent results, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is like the holy grail. I could do this like I made it because I thought like if I could get that first initial one, like it's going to happen. Right. Obviously, there's more you have to do. But yeah, at that time, that was like something that I did and actually worked for people to like come and hear my music, which was like a big win at the time, because at that point it was just people that knew me were listening to my music, but now it's like people that didn't know me or having a chance to listen to my music, which was, that's really how you get yourself out there. Right. So yeah. I was doing Facebook ads for that. And then I kind of had the idea of, okay, I think people are listening to a song when they get recommended it, you know, uh, in their ads, but, I think what would make it more inclined for them to click on would be if they had to add for a playlist. So people make playlists for whatever their, their activities are, right? They have playlists for moods, genres, act, like running, walking, 
driving, whatever the mood or like time of day is. So I was thinking if there's a playlist that's already made for somebody's taste, right, their preferences, and you just sprinkle your songs within that playlist and you advertise that playlist on Facebook ads, you'll have a lot of success and a better like conversion rate of people actually going and clicking and listening to that playlist than just that single. Because truth be told, like no matter how good your song is, if they don't know that name of the artist, most times they're not going to have, they're not going to be as willing to click on it and listen to it as they are if it's a playlist that's already made for them, curated for their interests, right? So let's say I make like, uh, I say like, sing a songwriter music with like R&B vocals, kind of like, uh, I would call that's kind it, of the vibe uh, that I have. I would call it sexy atmospheric R&B. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess you could call it that, yeah. But, um, so that's kind of the music that I make. So I made a lot of like R&B playlists in the beginning. So what I would do is I would make those OMB playlists and just sprinkle a couple of my songs in between and advertise and run ads for Facebook ads through that to those playlists. And I had a lot of success there because I saw a lot of people were listening to them and uh, save rates weren't that high, follow rates weren't that high. But at that point, it was just, let me just try to get my song out there, have people listen to it, right? That was kind of the, the train of thought that I had. And I wasn't really worried about the engagement at that, part, at that time because I didn't even know what engagement really would do long term. But... Um, yeah, I yeah, saw some success there. So I just kept doing that a little bit more at scale. So I just made a couple more playlists, kept running ads for those playlists. And um, that that's kind of my uh, first like attempt at like trying to get myself out there. Yeah, and, and you're right about the engagement on when you promote a playlist. Like you get a lot of playlist followers, which is cool. But you yeah. get like no saves and no playlist ads and no followers. Um, so it's a trade-off. Like, and, and specifically yeah. the types of playlists you're talking about, um, they're curated playlists, like for example, I think the one in your Spotify profile is called like Night Night Drive or something like that. Night vibes, yeah. Night vibes, yeah. And then I, I think yeah. there's some other ones on there as well. But like that one, yeah. The Night Vibes is mostly not your music. <laughs> it's it's like yeah. every I think your song in there is like song number three, and then maybe you have one that's like five or ten songs down the line. So it's not the same thing yeah. as promoting the other playlist you have in your Spotify pinned, which is the like um, Chaitha collection. Collection, yeah. Because um, a lot of artists, I think promoting the playlists has one big advantage and that you're right, it's like totally cheaper in general on Facebook ads. Yeah. Because you can just target like, yeah. if you make a playlist that's like hip hop vibes for nighttime or something. Like you could, or hip hop, yeah. hip hop workout or something. You can target people who work out, yeah. uh, who, who work out, weight lift, go for jogging, uh, go for runs, etc. but who also like hip hop. And it's like a perfectly curated thing for their life. And it, it usually gets really low, but a lot of artists are like, I don't want to promote other artists music. Right. Cause when you do mm -hmm. that, you're effectively like promoting Drake or the weekend or so when you're, when you're pushing people to that playlist, which has other artists on it. Uh, when I was talking to Jason from SubmitHub, one thing that he kind of pushes with SubmitHub is that if you're on like a laser-focused targeting playlist, like for example, a, a Night Vibes R&B playlist, and your song gets added yeah. to that, and before, like if you sound just like The Weeknd, and in that playlist, The Weeknd's right before you, and like whoever else sounds like The Weeknd is right after, and that's going to like help Spotify figure out who likes your music assuming people are actually like listening to your song not skipping it and all that um yeah yeah so i think that's that's one thing and, and someone else asked me about it recently they're like i my fans also like 
sucks. Yeah, it's like horribly. Wrong. I was I was gonna bring I was gonna bring that up as well because I feel like the two main things that are like big milestones for artists, at least for me, when I first started, and for a lot of people who first start, it's like try to get a fans also like section just to have like have one right because in the beginning you don't have one, and then once you have that, it's like okay, get a radio because. In the beginning, you don't even have a radio. I don't know if they still have that on Spotify, but if you're a new artist, you don't have a radio. Yeah. So um, at the beginning, it was like, let me just try to use this playlist, like give Spotify some data to see like, okay, these songs are similar. And let me just have a fans also like, right? So in the beginning, my fans also like was um, actually quite like much, like a lot of people's fans also like the first time. It's not accurate. It's kind of just like everywhere um, and not like specific to your genre. But mine was pretty good because I had done a lot of like, playlists at that time that were like very specific to my music and it kind of matched me well with like artists that were similar um and then my radio came along too so i feel like those two big milestones that like give a lot of people confidence to keep going is i think what playlisting can do really well is just associate you with other artists that are similar to give you those like because once you get into radio radio is going to be a big push of your streaming right so once you get into radio that's kind of like a good that's like a good first step into like integrating yourself into the algorithm yeah yeah what, what do you think is a good balance for artists in terms of uh running ads in their music versus other things i mean it sounds like when you started it was pretty much just running ads but there's also the whole yeah. there's also the whole playlisting thing right and yeah um in the past i was like super anti people like hiring third-party playlisters um, especially yeah. especially ones who like would do it one off one off payments and stuff like I mean when because it's you know it's a huge gray area in Spotify and we won't go into like the depth yeah. depths of that because like it's we could probably talk about it for an hour <laughs> but um, yeah over time I've kind of gotten a little more as long as the playlists are legit which that's kind of the hardest part of the playlist thing is finding someone who's not not a scammer finding someone who has like yeah, a legit yeah. playlist as long as the playlist is like legit then I, my recommendation for a lot of people is like, if you're going to do playlisting, don't let it be, end up be more than like 10% or 15% of your total monthly streams. So I don't know, do you, I don't know if you have any kind of general thoughts on playlisting and ads and kind of how you would mix them. Yeah. So I always think about it this way. So what playlisting does really well is give you social proof, right? Because at the end of the day, like playlisting will not, break your break your career and make you a super successful artist playlisting will not give you the most engaged fan base what but what it will do is give you that social proof of like okay i mean as long as it's organic streams right because yeah. using bot streams to do this like um, that's not going to do the same thing and it's, I, I don't know if you were doing it that way um although some people do but uh, regardless uh, i think the i think the good way to do it is do organic uh, playlisting and have that be like the social proof in the beginning because when an artist has, let's say, 500, 600 monthly listeners and maybe a couple thousand monthly listeners, like a lot of people are just going to pass on the fact that, like even like giving them a chance to listen because they're like, okay, this artist is probably not the greatest. Mm. And they might be amazing, but it's just that first like impression is just uh, clouded just based off that lack of social proof, right? So if you have a little bit of playlisting just to get yourself over the hump, I feel like a lot of people give you that first chance to even give you that 30 second listen to even give you a chance. So I think that gave me a lot of um, like that gave me a lot of uh, opportunity in the beginning to like have people listen to me when I had a little bit of playlisting um, just to have some social proof. So I think after you get that, 
then you should use playlisting as like fuel to the fire, right? So I've seen that like running ads for Facebook directly to the song or the album does wonders for like give, uh, giving like Spotify um, good data for their algorithm. And then once you just run those ads for a bit, you'll see like the songs start to spike on Discover Weekly, Release Radar. And then once you see those spikes, then I generally tend to recommend like anywhere from like 10 to 20% of the streams should be coming from playlisting at that point. So you add in playlisting slowly once you see those spikes. Once you see that spike, uh, you should add like playlisting uh, 10% of what your streams are, 20%, uh, maybe 30%. It's kind of arbitrary, but um, add that in slowly. And then once it spikes again, add in more. And then once it spikes, add in more. And then you'll start to see this like compounding effect, um, which uh, it doesn't work with every release, but when a song is like very good quality, when you do it the right way, more often than not, like this strategy uh, like has some success. So. Yeah, yeah. How should artists find not fake playlists? Because <laughs> I I've, okay, I've, yeah. I've so, talked about a yeah. few on this in this channel. Um, well, I've talked about one yeah. at least as of filming this that I've reviewed, and there'll be another one coming in within a month, and there'll be another one coming a month after that. Um, yeah. How do you like to kind of vet? these these curators when you're finding them uh yeah so chart metric is your best friend when you're looking at this stuff um it's a site they, they have a paid version but the free version should give you all that you need to like check this out um so a lot of times when i'm looking at a playlist uh very obviously the first sign that it's fake would be if you ever see like a large spike or a large like dip in like their follower account like in one day um more often than not that's a that's a sign these days, it's a little bit harder to like use that exclusively just to see it because sometimes if a playlist is being like marketed through like TikTok, you will see a huge spike in one day because sometimes the TikTok will blow up and then you'll have a bunch of traffic there. I guess also, but um, if they're growing it with bots, they could just make the bots happen a little bit every day, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Some some there's there's so much out there now that people are getting smart too. Like before, like radio was like the sacred thing where like if you're getting radio streams, the song is doing organically well. There's even bots now. I don't know how they do this, but I do know that it's out there. That there are bots now where they can like enhance the amount of streams you get just from radio now. So a song will do like 50 streams daily, but then have like a thousand streams from like radio, which shouldn't make sense. But I guess somehow people do this. If if so, like if 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 a bot goes and listens to Chaitha's artist radio, I would think those streams yeah. come up as radio. So maybe that's all they're doing. They're just maybe maybe i i don't know why that works because i know that like spotify has certain things where if you like let a song repeat on like uh on like mute or something over a certain amount of times it won't count those streams because they think yeah. it's fraudulent or whatever so i i don't think that should work but maybe it does um yeah but yeah <laughs> I, I i saw this video on brandman sean's channel i don't know if you've ever seen his stuff um, and I, mm -hmm. it almost, I almost left like a very angry comment because I disagreed with it so much. <laughs> it was like, they, they, what do you say? it was, um, he had this guest on who like, I forgot, I forgot his name, but he, he essentially was just buying like th hundreds of thousands or millions of bots to like blow up his Spotify and YouTube, like, to, like millions of YouTube views, yeah. millions of streams. I think the number they said in the video is he was making $70,000 a month from Spotify, from bots. And um, That's crazy. then it turned out that 
he was stealing all the money to pay for the bots from like his employer, like his company's credit card. <laughs> and so like eventually Spotify and all the streaming services blocked him everywhere. And then he got like arrested and was in jail for the past two years, but he got out and then brand man, Sean had him on and they were talking about the bots thing, which I like, which I was cool. You know, I like to hear about that stuff. So I watched it, but like they were kind of like agreeing yeah. with him about it being like a good strategy. And I was like, you guys are stupid. Like this, yeah. and and a lot of the comments were yeah. like, like, oh yeah, all these big artists are just using bots, and so therefore, a smaller artist got to use bots too. And it was like, like it doesn't, it's not really the same if if like I don't know Drake or something adds like a million bots, like he gets like a billion streams a month. It's like for him, it's yeah, this yeah, tiny yeah. thing, but for a small artist, it's like all of their numbers. Um, yeah, that's my rant for the rant for this session, I guess. <laughs> yeah 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 i always tell people that like any any like 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 uh fraudulent like botted like inorganic teams like might give you like that instant gratification or like a uh, ego like boost that you want to have right yeah but at the end of the day that's going to do like next to nothing and most likely negatively impact your algorithm and long-term growth so if you if you if you're really serious about like having a music career and taking this seriously building an audience that actually engages with you for your music and not just the numbers and like all of that kind of stuff um, and connects with you as an artist on a deeper level, then that's not going to do you any good. That's not going to really like benefit you long-term. So yeah. I don't think that's a smart move, but yeah. Yeah. So when looking at your Spotify uh, profile, you, your night yeah. fives playlist has like 85,000 followers, which is like bonkers. I think that you have more followers <laughs> in that one playlist than I do in on my whole Spotify. Like for all of I don't them. think it has 85. I think it has like 65, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it has a lot. Yeah. I'll pull it up right now. Yes, you're right. 64. 64,000. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, like I've, 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 uh, I've ran so many Facebook ads for playlists and just contacted so many curators. Like I, I have like a network of like probably over like 50, 60 playlists. Yeah. I'm um, just in all different types of genres, mostly in R&B though. Right. Um, so combined playlist followers probably have surpassed somewhere over a million. Um, but the playlist followers isn't that important to be honest. Like followers is just a metric that they show on Spotify. But the more important thing is like how active are these playlists and like how engaged are them, right? And how much like how much uh, like are they listening passively? Are they listening like actively? Right. So th those are the kind of things that like are more important. Um, but yeah. yeah. So the when it comes to these playlists, once you start pumping ads into them, have you seen any of yours take off organically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the switch. That's like, that's like the big switch you always want to make, right? So you can't run ads forever because I mean, I guess you could, but like it's a it's more of like a thing of like if you want to use the ad to like get that first initial boost of the playlist, like get over, I don't know, the, the follow account doesn't really matter, but like launch yourself in the algorithm as high as you can, um, and then once you like get into like that probably like top ten to twenty like search. Um, terms of for that whatever place like genre or like search word that you're trying to like um, advertise to then at that point like hopefully right you're gonna have a playlist that starts to do well organically and just show up from people searching it up and not just the ads yeah. and at that point those two things combined can have a really powerful effect so um i've had a lot of players that like i ran ads for before and then they would appear like in a couple like top searches and then over time they became like the top Three, top two. I have some that are 
like the number one most searched playlist for a certain keyword. So um, now they get amazing organic traction and I've completely turned, I've completely turned the ads off and I'm not spending any money on running ads for those. And they just organically just daily get people to those playlists because now they've been fed so much good data for so much time that they stay at that, like, uh, that, that, that place. Yeah. Have you found anything aside from the, the name and the description of the playlist? It's like, for example, night, I'm just using night fives as an example, cause it's like literally pinned on your profile. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah, night yeah, fives yeah. and then it's got this like little stars nighttime. Thing. I don't know what you <laughs> yeah, call yeah, that yeah. emoji, but then it's, um, yeah. Givian, Daniel, Caesar, SZA, Drake, right. You just like list off a bunch of artists, which I'm guessing is like an SEO thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I, for anyone exactly. who doesn't know, SEO is search engine optimization. Um, do you make yeah. any other, like, are there any other things on chart metric or factors of the playlist that you pay attention to, to try to like have that organic portion of a playlist life do better? Yeah. Yeah. So a couple other things that I always look for is um, if you have a playlist that normally a place that does well organically is one that has a higher like average score so on spotify every song is assigned a score from zero to 100 so when the first of a song first comes out it's a zero and i don't know if any song is actually ever going to reach 100 but like some of the most popular songs of all time yeah. like by drake are like 96 97. i think i saw but, um, someone posted on twitter or something that like they looked up some song and it was 100. i forget what it was <laughs> no, yeah, maybe, maybe that's like, that has to be like the only one. Cause that never happens, but yeah. <clears throat> um, mostly like a good rating for a song, honestly, is like a 30, 40, like even a 20 is not bad. Like mo like a lot of times the popular score, like getting those like 20, 30, 40, that's really good. Anything over 40 is amazing. Um, so if you have the average score of a playlist, like over 40, that's really good. And you can see this on chart measure. You can search up a playlist. Like it'll tell you like out of a hundred, like what's the average score of all the songs mm. in that playlist. And if you just try to get that up as high as you can, um, a lot of times that's like something that I've seen like helps. Um, I don't know if it's like directly correlated, but I assume that it does contribute a little bit to that. Yeah, I've, it's really hard finding data about how Spotify ranks anything online. Like I saw one guy who did like yeah. a five minute test where he changed the titles and thumbnails and then like searched the API to see where it ranked. And like he did see it change. But it was yeah. unpredictable because he checked again a week later and it was all different. <laughs> um, and I, I did try a yeah. test where like I had these playlists that I, I had stopped ads on for quite a while and they were like kind of slowly just draining followers. So they, they weren't yeah. they weren't growing anymore. Um, so that means they didn't take off organically. So I went in the playlist and um, well, first what I did is I copied all the songs, deleted all the songs and pasted them back in so that they would show as being like all brand new. <laughs> um mm -hmm. And then I went in and I like removed 10% of the songs and replaced them with 10% new songs. And then I, I looked a week later and I did actually see a very small increase, but which is good because for like two months it was declining. So I think last time I talked yeah. to you, you said you, you've noticed that that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> but um, like uh, what doesn't matter? Like, like uh, updating the playlists. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen some playlists that like literally haven't been updated since like 2015. <laughs> like at all like zero percent 28 day ad and they're number one searched um for somebody who's like but a lot of those are like uh like uh like a list that are like i don't know billy bossa nova top hits or something like that like a lot of the, like just like top hits or like best songs or whatever those kind of playlists um but 
I don't think that has something to do with it. Um, in my head, but like I, I think more importantly is like the trying to ping as many keywords as you can in the description, in the title, um, having a higher like average score for the playlist. I think those two things are probably yeah. the most helpful. Cool. So on the ad strategies, um, how do you like to run ads on Facebook? <laughs> like are you using traffic, yeah. using conversion? Are you still mostly prioritizing playlists? You prioritizing conversions or prioritizing direct to song? Um, what types of ads do you use? I guess just kind of yeah. give us the down low. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I could talk about this, but as you're the guru on this, so you probably <laughs> you probably much better. But I've been doing it for some time, and I think for playlists at least, I think the ads that I've been doing the most that do been doing the best. I did like a pixel tracker, and I did it that way for conversions for a while. But once Facebook like changed its like uh, like policies with Meta and all that, like that became a little bit. It wasn't as effective. I saw. Uh, for playlists at least. So I started, I stopped doing that and just ran traffic ads and that's been doing really well. And a lot of times what I'll do for the creator is I'll have like the, when you first make a playlist, you have like the top four songs in the playlist, they make a cover out of that, right? So they just yeah. have the, the album covers of those top four. So to like, in, to incentivize people to click on the ads, I'll have the top four songs be like very noticeable cover arts of songs that for that genre, at least mm -hmm. everybody knows. So like, a Drake cover art, a Weekend cover art, a Bryson Tiller cover art, a Scissor cover art, and everybody that listens to that type of music is going to know those cover arts. So they're they're most likely to click on them, and so I have that as the creative, and then so that's what I've been using. So it's literally just a, and that just was, a picture. It's not even like music on. No, no music, no music. Because I mean, if they see that picture, they know the kind of music that's going to be on that playlist, right? So that's sometimes true. I'll have a little bit of text or whatever, but it, it, the big portion of the ad is usually just that. And that's been working really well. And um, I've done this for like a couple of different genres now, but um, at least for like R&B, hip hop, it worked the best. Damn. I don't think anyone would expect that that would work using just like the basic ass Spotify, like yeah. default uh, cover yeah. art and then just throwing that as a picture with no music. I mean, most of the playlist ads I've done, <coughs> uh, I they're like subtly animated. They have... Uh, animated videos that show the custom artwork that I had done for the playlist. Usually nowadays, the custom artwork is just made in Midjourney AI. Um, it'll have like yeah, pre Midjourney. pretty cool artwork, and then it's like an animated video with music, and it's like super specific. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to try launching a playlist ad that's just the basic picture. <laughs> I guess it, it might not work for like the most recent one I did was Cyberpunk Synthwave, so none of the music in there would be recognizable by picture. Yeah, so I, I think there's yeah there's some genres where like the cover art is not a big focus, right? Yeah. But there's other genres where like cover art is very noticeable, and like, that's like a culture statement. It's like a like people know this, so that's like very noticeable and recognizable. So I think it works for some, probably wouldn't work for all. Yeah, I don't I don't think it would work for metal or like anything that's less mainstream. Like I think hip hop, mm, pop, yeah. R and B. I don't even know if it would work that well for EDM. Just because, like, I think it works so well yeah. for, for your stuff because everyone knows what The weekend looks like, you know? And so when, yeah. even if they don't know the cover art, I think he's on his own cover arts. So they would mm -hmm. recognize him. Yeah. Um, or yeah. Drake. Everyone knows what Drake likes. I don't think, I, I couldn't name a single Drake song, but I know what he looks like <laughs> because of that meme. That, that's crazy. You really couldn't name one Drake song? No. <laughs> that's that that's interesting i mean i mean 
Yeah, that the thing is, if, for someone to be like hyper, ultra successful, you only need like I don't know, one to two percent of like the whole world population. Yeah, because the world is I don't know seven eight billion people. If you have one to two percent, that's crazy. So you don't really need like everybody to know you. But it feels sometimes when you're in a bubble, especially in like the U.S. Right? It's like yeah. everybody knows them. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I felt the same. I felt like such an old man when someone was like talking about targeting SZA in an ad campaign. And I was like, what the, what the fuck is SZA? And they're like, <laughs> that's crazy. you've never heard of her? And I was like, no. And they, they uh -huh. type it out, SZA. And I was like, oh, I've seen, I thought it was pronounced SZA. <laughs> and they're like, no, no it's crazy. SZA. And then like, I went to look at her Spotify and I was like, I don't know a single one of these songs. Never mm -hmm. like, at all. Um, yeah. But I also, I don't listen to hip hop or R&B really. Like, I mean, the closest I get to hip hop is like, lincoln park <laughs> you know so and the closest okay. i get to r&b is like the weekend but he's you know he's more like he's not really like just r&b he's like pop um, yeah, yeah 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 it's, it's funny and like similarly like a lot of people that don't listen to hip-hop probably couldn't name any edm artists or metal artists or yeah. rock artists yeah um, i couldn't name you one metal artist probably yeah 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 so yeah and i think that came up in my in my submit hub thing uh, talking with Jason from Submit Hub, he was giving the, a Lady Gaga example. He's like, you know, if you walk into a room of 100 people, um, mm -hmm. a lot of them there couldn't name a single Lady Gaga song or what she sounds like. But it doesn't matter because, like, the small percentage that can, it's, like, ends up being millions and millions and millions of people that make her, like, yeah. one of the most successful artists of all time. Yeah, yeah. So... So one more thing that I want to do, do want to touch on, because I feel like a lot of people don't know about this. It's such a, like a small little like technicality that like will really help you out when you run ads or in any, in any sense, sharing music. Um, when you run an ad to like a song, right? Always use the actual track link and don't use the album level link. Because mm -hmm. if you use the track link, when people click on it, it will automatically play the song. If you, use the album level link, then it'll like take you to the page, but then you have to manually actually press play on the song to have it play. And just that little subtle difference gives people less choices and gives you like one foot in the door. So like I always say, give people like less choices, make it as streamlined as you can, try to get them in the door. And that's all you can really do. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But at least give yourself the best opportunity to like have that chance. So. Yeah, that, that's a good point. D did you know you can do a similar thing with playlists? You can make a uh, what do you, mean? you can make a link. So like let's say you have your song in your night vibes playlist. And and yeah. I'll just use a specific song because uh, let's say you're you're trying to Oh hold on, I don't have it open anymore. Night vibes. You're trying to promote There She Goes, which is song number three on Night Vibes. You yeah. can make it's and I can show you how to do this later, but you can you can get a link to it'll it'll be like the normal There She Goes link, but at the end of it there'll be like context equals. And then it'll have the playlist ID. And what it'll do is it'll open up There She Goes inside of Night Vibes and start automatically playing it when they click the link. And it, I did not know you could do it, that. It only works on cell phones. It doesn't work on desktop. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. On desktop, it just sends you to the song. But um, I've been thinking about doing that like for... Like for, for my songs, I still send people straight to the song because I want those saves. But when yeah. promoting my playlist... I think I might start doing that because 
I've noticed like sometimes when you put on your playlist, you get like more followers sometimes than you will streams. So it's people will like follow the playlist, but then like not listen, <laughs> which is. Yeah. Cause I think, I think a lot of people will like follow the playlist, like have the intention of like listening at a later date or like save it to their library so they can come back to it. But then a lot of times they'll just like forget about it or they just won't come back and listen. But yeah, yeah that, that's probably what happens a lot of times. So I was thinking with, if, I, if I could like deep link directly to a specific song and I, I have, I did do this. Um, I did it. Well, I did something different. You know how Spotify has those um, like, uh, what are they called? They're like curated editorials. They're oh, like personalized, personalized editorials. editorials. Yeah. They give you that special yeah. link. Um, yeah, one yeah, yeah, one yeah. ad client of mine, their song got added to two editorials, like in the first week, like two pretty big ones. And so, yeah, they were like from day one when as soon as they get added, they're like, let's launch a, fa a Facebook conversion campaign for each of these playlists with that link because like we were all thinking Spotify is totally tracking this, and so we're we're hoping if we can show that we can drive a ton of traffic to this link, mm. maybe they'll keep yeah. it on longer. Who knows if it helped or not? Like there's no way to ever know. Yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. it was on there for a month. I it, honestly the song might still be on there, but it might have done that anyways. Um, yeah, but. Um, someone else had a similar situation for a non-personalized editorial where they, they wanted to run ads to it, but they didn't have a custom link. So they used a, um, they used a, a deep link to the specific song in that editorial and it works mm -hmm. unless the song gets kicked off the playlist, then it stops working. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. I, n I never knew you could do it that way, but that, that's, that's, that's another small little thing that can help too. Yeah, yeah. So you use chart metric. You pay the hundred and forty buckaroos a month for it. I do because <laughs> like there's a lot of like additional data that can help me with like all the playlists that like I try to run and curate now. So like it's helpful, but like if you're just trying to like start out and just get the data to see if a place is fake, if it's not organic or whatever, and just to like try to optimize like any place you're trying to build to like be the best performing one um, by like trying to have it have the highest score or whatever. Um, I don't think it's important to pay for it. That's that's a crazy price to pay just for that. So yeah, I think the free version they give you so much in the free version, like you don't need to pay for it. Yeah, I mean they have an artist version too for for I think ten bucks a month. Yeah, that one, that one. I think I think that one's worth it. That gives you some data that's like pretty useful. Yeah, I mean there's also artist.tools. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's like mm -hmm. fifteen bucks a month. And it's not as good as Chartmetric just because Chartmetric's been around for so long. Um, yeah. But Artist on Tools, it's like if you're just looking to look at followers over time and like see if a playlist is botted and find contact information, it's uh, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it's like 10, 10 yeah. times cheaper. So, song Stats is another one that's great just if you're an artist to like have some general data because it'll like notify you every time you get like charted on Apple Music. Um, they'll notify you every time you get added to a new Spotify playlist. So they'll like track yeah. the amount of like growth that you get for playlist followers and like the songs have been added to, um, how many listeners you're getting per month, that kind of like little stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't think like a lot of these other sites have that. Like they don't like give you every playlist you've been added to, right? Um, so it kind of sends you a message every time you have that. So song stats, an app you can get on your phone, it's pretty useful. Oh, it's a mobile app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sick. So, have you done anything else, music marketing-wise? 
because I before this I googled you to see if I could find like PR blogs, blog write ups, mm -hmm. um, or YouTube channel or anything. It seems like for the most part you're like you're a Spotify artist, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad <laughs> way or anything. But it seems yeah. like um, seems like you you've kind of built everything up this far with literally just ads and playlists. Yeah, it, it's been it's done wonders for me. Like it's it's worked really well. I feel like uh, a lot of people do it in the beginning, just like, and they see some success and they just like, okay, that it works now. Yeah. But I think if you just like hammer down on that and just like really scale it, it can have like a really like profound compounding effect. So, like, I think just continuing to like build it up as much as you can and not stopping once you see like that initial couple of like success is uh, is something that like really helps out. Um, yeah. I have done a little bit of like PR stuff. Like uh, I have had like some like blogs and some write-ups about me. So I probably have like 10 to 15 like articles out there like have been written about me as an artist, a couple of my songs, that kind of thing. You'll even see like if you search on my name, you'll see like a article about like when well, I used to, I used to swim. I, used, I swam for my college, not anymore. So when I was getting like recruited to come to the school to swim, I had like a swimming article or whatever. So that I think still pops up. But um, yeah, so there's a couple <laughs> of things out there, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. A lot of artists hate the social media grind. And so when they see that, like, there's a viable path to getting their music out there without having to, like, whore themselves out to, like, TikTok, they get yeah. really happy. That's, that's the other thing, too. So I always, like, I know the power of TikTok, and I know that it's so successful. Like, it's so, it's like, it's like a cheat code. It's like, if you can use TikTok to, like, successfully market your music, there's nothing more powerful, right? Yeah. For building an audience and like, and like just having like an audience, like having an audience. But always, I've always thought that any artist that ever has success on TikTok, for the most part, it's always uh, nobody knows the artist's name, nobody knows the song of the artist that blew up. They don't even know like the whole song. They just know one to two lines of that song, and that's it. And then they hear that over and over, and that becomes ultra successful, ultra popular. But it's like a it's like a spike you go to like an extreme high and then after that they, the artist can never like never double down it. and actually like like never surpass it and a lot of times they can't capitalize on it either so who's that who's kinda, that artist kinda, that did that uh billy eilish song oh that uh here it is armani yeah, uh, armani I mean, white yeah i mean it's armani like so white, he's got yeah. eight million monthly listeners which like you know armani white i don't know if you're ever going to see this video i don't know you but you know congratulations that's awesome but I feel like he's yeah. probably like he's I, I don't know. Maybe he was a successful artist before this. I have literally zero insight on him. <laughs> but um, yeah, 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 it's like I would think he's going to have a very hard time ever surpassing that one TikTok clip that went viral. But yeah, who knows? I mean, he, I mean he, maybe he, he might, maybe, maybe he does. Too, he might spin yeah. it off like like Lil Nas X started off in a similar mm -hmm. way. And he actually did a great job of not just being a one trick pony or a I was trying to think of a funny joke with that because it's a cowboy cowboy <laughs> song. One one yeah, trick, yeah. whatever. There's something there. There's something there. There's, <laughs> There's some there. joke there you can make that yeah, he's not going to yeah. be a one trick cowboy. But um, yeah. you know, he, right now he has that one song at two fifty one million, and then he does have other songs like nineteen million and thirty six million. So maybe he is doing a good job of transitioning into being like not just a TikTok sensation. Um, yeah. But I feel like a lot of people probably when they blow up on TikTok, they get one song that pops and then they just like die as an artist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too is like, 
I don't know if this is for all people, but for at least for me, like my philosophy on like trying to grow as an artist and just generally in life and goal setting in general is like, I am perfectly content and very satisfied with like gradually building something up. Right. So I appreciate the small wins and I just kind of like, I enjoy the process of creating and trying to acquire more success and more like more milestones. So I don't have a problem in like slowly building something up from the ground up instead of, you know, having that initial big spike and like having a bunch of success. I feel like that, at least for me, would ruin the point of it. Cause it's kind of like, you feel more gratification if you take a long time to build something up to a certain point than if you get it immediately. Cause you don't really, you don't have the same respect for it. And you kind of, in a sense, didn't really like earn it to the same degree, didn't put the same amount of hours and time into it. So I feel like for me, it's more gratifying if I've done something from scratch, but like by, by the decisions I've made, the choices of like the, the kind of music that I put out over time, it kind of just like grows and grows and grows. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, that's what's gratifying to me. So like when I first started, obviously I had zero monthly listeners and over time it's kind of just like increased, increased, increased. And it's never had like a huge spike. It had like a little spike. I'll go down a little bit, increase a little bit more, go down a little bit. And it kind of just consistently has been like increasing, which is great. Recently it hit like 300,000 monthly listeners, which is amazing. Right. Um, which is funny because the same day I hit 300,000 <coughs> 300, monthly listeners, I also hit 8 million streams on Spotify. So yeah. it's, it's crazy how the universe works with the, like combining the two, but um, yeah, that's, that's, it's been great. Yeah. I, I know what you mean by the slow and steady thing. Um, a lot of people on, on YouTube, for example, like there's a lot of YouTubers who like explode and then disappear, but they're ones that like have kind of yeah. built slow and steady over the long time are the ones who ride out yeah. those, you know, ups and downs a lot more smoothly. And I think it's the same for music. If you have a slowly yeah. built career and built a fan base, like one brick at a time, you're, you're probably, yeah. You might never be like a huge worldwide sensation viral moment, but yeah. um, I feel like you'd have a lot more long-term stable career that way than if you, you blew up overnight. Because yeah. if you wanted a million monthly listeners, you could just go get a couple thousand bucks and buy a bunch of playlists and um, yeah. get it like in two weeks, right? And But that, like, mm -hmm. you, I don't think you would get that much satisfaction out of that because it's like, oh, cool! I spent yeah. I spent five thousand bucks. Now I have a monthly listeners. And then a month later, it's like, oh, back down to three hundred. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think like it gives you the freedom to like make mistakes and not do things the proper way and have like mess ups because if you're doing it with like a huge audience when you have blown up already, it's amplified. But if you're doing it in the beginning, you like make those mistakes at a point where like. Not many people are listening to you, so you can do it with less, I guess, uh, criticism, less, uh, less like um, backlash or like less judgment, right? Yeah. So I think if you do it in those early stages, it like allows you more freedom, right? So I always say I'm delusionally optimistic, <laughs> so I'll always do the best that like I do. Uh, I mean, I'll always do the best that I can, and just always hope for the best in any situation. So whether like I, whether it does su succeed or it doesn't. I'll always go into it with the mindset of like, okay, this is going to work out. Everything's going to be great. And I feel like having that mindset just gives you the opportunity to like put yourself out there as much as you can. Because at the end of the day, that's all you really can do. And if the goal is to like make a career out of music, you really have to do it that way. Um, yeah. Like having the like, okay, I hope I blow up. I hope like somebody like finds me and just like amplifies my career like 100x and I get signed to a label. Like the chances of that are so minuscule that like you kind of just like, 
wishing you won the lottery, right? So pretty much, if you if you want to take it into your own hands and you want to like do it by yourself, uh, I think just putting yourself out there in the most opportunities you can and trying to le- trying to learn everything by yourself, right? So don't. I think a lot of people like try to allocate certain things to somebody else. So they'll be like, oh, I don't want to like learn. How, I don't want to learn how to run Facebook ads because it's too complicated. I'll just I'll just have somebody else do it, right? Which is yeah. fine if you want to do it that way. But I think having like at least like a basic understanding of of how to run them and how they do work uh, yeah. can provide a lot of like, you know, information for you to like do in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as someone who, who owns an ad agency <laughs> who runs ads yeah. for people, um, I tell people all the time, like it'd be a lot better if they could do it themselves. You know, I mean like, yeah. and even at the expense, like it, it business wise, I should probably telling everyone, no, no, you could never do it yourself. Hire me. But yeah, like, yeah. Long term for an artist, it makes a lot more sense for them to learn the skills. Like they might, you know, they, they might fail a bunch. They might spend the, the first six months wasting money. But like if they yeah. can figure figure out that that formula and get the system down, they'll have this lifelong skill. And it's not for everyone, but I think um, even if they're going to eventually outsource it, it'd be good for them to like know how the process works. So they they um, they're not reliant on outsourcing it. And also they know how to yeah. vet like the quality of of what they're getting when they do outsource it. Kind of like if, if you were, if you were going to outsource your production, which you, you do, but like if you, if you, yeah. if you do it yourself, you're only going to outsource it to someone who's really freaking good because you know how good you can do it yourself. And I, one yeah. of uh, a friend of mine who mixes and masters my ever waking moment metal stuff. Um, he's been doing it for most of the releases. Cause I just, I don't have time, but like I've been doing metal production for like, I don't know, 15, 17 years or something. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty damn good at it. But like, I know how much better and faster he is. And he was talking to me about how he didn't have time for like some release. And he got a quote for someone else to do his stuff. And like, he was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like this pretty like, re- like legendary guy. But he was just like, it's just not worth the money. Like I, I can do this. This is my quality. And your quality is like 5% better. Why am I going to pay a thousand dollars for five percent better? You know, um, that, that's the exact situation. So uh, I think I mentioned before that Natalie, an artist in New York, is the one that does like my mix and master, and she does an amazing job. Like she's taught everything. She's self-taught. She taught her how to like do everything by herself over time, and she does a really good job. But then she a lot of times will feel like, oh, I need to pay this person a thousand dollars to make it like because they have this like insane credibility of like roster of artists you know right but like they she gets that track back and it's i don't know is it even better maybe it's five percent better maybe it's a yeah. little bit better if, if even that if even that right but a lot of times i feel like for your own sound a lot of people can do a better job themselves because they know what they want to hear because yeah. a lot of producers might do it correct but what is really correct right it's really what sounds right for your tone your sound your genre that kind of stuff so yeah yeah i think it's really good for artists to start off doing like as much as they can possibly bear themselves and then kind of slowly one by one start outsourcing the things they hate the most or suck the most at just so they have some kind of vision for for me at least the the most like like the thing that i i least liked was mixing and mastering so like when i first started like i didn't even know it was a thing so at that point i like sat down on zoom calls like learn how to like like I would just watch the guy do it in front of me on Zoom, share a screen, and I would just watch him do it, right? So 
over a time, like I knew what certain things did. Um, and just having that basic understanding now, it's like, okay, at least I have that. So now I can have somebody else do my mixing and mastering, but I know what I like. I know what I want. So yeah. at that point it becomes easier to like communicate things. So, right. Yeah. That, that is a big, it is a big problem. The communication. So uh, yeah. a lot of artists, if, if you know nothing about it, it's, it's a lot harder to kind of, you know, work with anyone, but if you know a little bit of, you can at least be a little bit useful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. mixing and ma- like I feel like just because of someone who's done mixing and mastering for so long his own stuff like I couldn't imagine being able to write a song without knowing how to do production except like in, in your mm-hmm. music too it's like very unique so it's, it's honestly if you told me that you did it yourself I'd be like that makes sense you know <laughs> it's just like I don't know how you would portray <laughs> that idea to someone else um, in terms of how things are done, you know? Yeah, I mean, for, for, for me, it's like the production is at least like the most recent music that I put out. Um, I very much do it like uh, I have like, it's like a guitar loop or like I don't like drums and percussion at the moment. Like I think the kind of music I'm making now, it's more of like a emotion-based, like trying to create the melodies and like deal with like the vocals and the, the like the guitar loop or that kind of, the, those kind of sounds. Um, so it's very like simplistic production as, as in a sense. Yeah. Um, so production isn't crazy, like a uh, bunch of instruments, it's kind of just like a few things, um, that are like very like mood based. And then the vocals kind of like take it to like complete the whole track. Mm. And then the mixing and mastering, like a lot of times it's like what a lot of people can, would consider a demo of a track is what I actually like, uh, like to like release as a track, right? Right. I don't do. I don't overproduce. I don't overmix and master. It's kind of, I try to create the emotion and I try to uh, tell a story and that's the music that I mm. like to make. And that's the music that my fans like to listen to. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know what we call that genre of music that you make? What? Do you remember it? <laughs> from? Oh, what did you, you, you said it was uh, sexy atmospheric, something sexy like that. Sexy ours, atmospheric R&B music. <laughs> you should have. I guess. We, yeah. We, I, it might, it, it, I have like a, I have like a, I don't know what you would call it, like a slogan or not slogan. I don't know. In my Spotify projects, if you look, I say writing breakup notes as love letters. I'm sorry, oh. writing love letters as breakup notes. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like the, kind of like the theme throughout my music. I write music about my emotions and like, like uh, relationships that I've had and that get the things associated with that. So that's kind of like the music that I make. And yeah, that's what my fans like to hear so yeah man well is there anything else you want to let everyone know before we call it a call <laughs> um uh i don't know if anything specific if you have any questions i'm here but no i yeah. think we i think we covered everything it's been about it's been about an hour yeah i think we got all the goods can you think of anything no um Okay, I think we're gonna end this out. Do want to shout out? There was there is a guy that when I first started making music, right? I, like I told you, I was never really into like making music. I, I obviously was very musically inclined from playing the violin, but in the beginning, super talented person. Uh, one of my best friends now. I make music with him all the time. He's also from New York. His name is WMC. His artist name is WMC. Um, you can find him on Spotify. He makes very similar music to me. Um, a little bit more on like the hip hop side as well, but 
uh, that's the kind of music he makes. Mm. He's kind of the guy in the beginning that kind of like guided me to like, know, okay, this, just observing him and just uh, listening to him and just learning from him is what I got, I got, I got a lot of inspiration from. And so, yeah, just shout out to him. Shout out to him. W, did you say WMC? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the cap like it's all capital, uh, capital W, capital M, W, uh, capital C. Cool. Well, you're you're you've surpassed. We always say that you surpassed. We always friend. say that. <laughs> no, it's it's never a competition with us. <laughs> it's always like we just try to make the best music. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 